0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us on darkness and how it can defile and corrupt our lives. This message and previous messages are available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org.
1: Precious Lord Jesus, with all the rain and the dark clouds outside, we remember that hymn, Lord, that calls you, O Light of Our Dark Sky. O truth unchanged, unchanging, O wisdom from on high. This morning, Lord, come to us through the Bible and be to each one of us individually the light of our dark sky. Our truth unchanged, unchanging. Lord, our wisdom from on high. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, turn to, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be covering some more here. <clears throat> this uh, flower pot section of the Bible is full of flower pots from which so much grows out in the New Testament and other parts of the Bible. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 2 through 5. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light. It was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, last week, we spoke about faith. We looked at Hebrews 11:6, 6, where we saw that without faith, it's what? It's not even possible. It's not within the realm of possibility to please God without faith. It's just not. Because he that cometh to God has to believe that He exists, that He is, and that He is a just, that He is a rewarder of them that casually seek Him, right? Yeah. <laughs> that seek Him conveniently on Sundays, right? No, it says that, what? That diligently seek Him, right? And we learned last week, the third universal rule in life, which is, it's take the God seriously, right? Okay. Take God seriously. That's it. And what word in the Bible can be substituted with that universal rule of life? Faith. Without taking God seriously, it's impossible to please Him. You try that on all the places in the Bible where you have the word faith, substituting that phrase with taking God seriously. So what was the first universal rule in life? Don't make God mad. That's right. And that's the same as saying in the Bible, fear God. That's what fear God means. Don't make him mad. Don't make God mad. And the second universal life, the second universal rule of life, we already heard it, was make God happy, right? Make God happy. And what's what's that the same as in the Bible? Obey God. Obey God. All right. So we talked about taking God seriously. We talked about the importance of praying. We were challenged by that story of Bill James uh, as a result of his sin of not praying for his co-workers. We'll have more to say about that in our calling. As uh, as Peter calls us, but you are a chosen generation, a what royal priesthood, royal priesthood in First Peter two nine, a holy nation, of peculiar people. We sure match that part. We're <laughs> very peculiar. That <laughs> that you should show forth the praises of Him that hath called you out of darkness into His That's right. His marvelous, glorious light. His marvelous light. And so we learn from verse 2 in the Bible here, in in Genesis 1-2, that there was a darkness that was on the face of the deep. That was a a bad thing. Because God says the light was a good thing. You could say the darkness was a bad thing. God brought a good thing to overcome the darkness when he said, let there be light. And when we study about the darkness and the light and all these things, we need to understand that these were literal things that occurred here in the book of Genesis. These are literal things. God created the heavens and the earth in a literal six 24 hour period. There was a time when God spoke. Literally, let there be light and the appearance of the light happen. But the Bible not only teaches us what literally happened, but it also teaches us about unseen things that occurred. And it uses the term, and I'm sure you've all seen this word before, parables. Parables. Now, parables, the best way to think about a parable is to substitute the word a parallel. A parallel because whenever you see the word parable in the, in, in the New Testament, for example, I want you to think of the word parallel, because what he was saying to them was that I'm teaching you something which is running parallel to this. And that's so often the case in the Bible, is that there is a parallel teaching which is taking place. Now, for example, here's a story of a sower, and he's scattering seed. And some of the seed falls on good ground, and it's not re- a good ground, and it's received. And some some of it falls on bad ground and it's it's not received. And so I can see the sower and he's sowing the seed. But right parallel to that, what he's saying there is that there is a Christian telling the Bible message to the lost parallel to that he's the sower and so just like some of the seed is received on good ground some of what the christian says the bible teaches is received by some and just as the seed some of the seed on the sower is is not received but rejected by the bad ground then some of what some of the people who hear the bible message from the christian reject it and that's, that's the parallel teaching. So that's a parallel teaching. Darkness and light in the book of Genesis here is also a parallel teaching that the Bible uses as well. And we looked at one of them last week in 2 Corinthians where it talked about for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. All right, now, if you look, turn if you would, please, to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. And here's another, uh, here, here's another parallel parable, parallel uh, teaching here when you turn there to Ephesians. Okay. Chapter five, verse eight. Now here in this, in this verse, it says something a little bit disturbing. It says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye the light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. It says, we were darkness. That's what it says. We were darkness. Each one of us, you and I had our BC period, right? Just like in the, in the dating thing, our before Christ period, before we knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you and I were not only in darkness, and that's different, from being darkness itself we were just like my Israeli cardiologist friend Ishiyahu I met last week he said to me i don't know if there really is a god and if there's a heaven and i told him of course you don't because you're in you are you are now in your individual darkness Darkness is individual. It's an individual darkness. And we understand that. We were there, if we're honest. We were there at a time as well. Ephesians says that you and I were not only in the darkness, but we were actually darkness itself. Now, let's think about the difference between being darkness and being in the darkness. First of all, what does it mean when it says we're in darkness? Okay, now, that we were darkness. Turn to Mark chapter 7, verse verse 21. Mark 7. Okay, Mark 7:21. Now notice this passage here, Mark 7:21. You got it? Okay. Now, it says here, Mark 7:21 through 23, "For from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts." Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. Now, here's a question. What two words were repeated in verse 21 and 23? Yeah, that's it. From within. You know, in these three succinct verses here, we have a point that's stated about sin, and this, and we get the list of sin in verse 22, but it's, it starts off by telling us the point, it's coming from inside of you. In verse 21 and verse 23. The issue is that sin is coming from in us, from within us. It's coming from within. This is clearly stating we are not little innocent Marys with our little lambs. That's not us. Don't color us that way. And, and, and who had our pure little souls dirtied up in life, and somehow we ended up sinful. That's not us. We can't pull off an atom. You know what an atom is? Lord, I confess to you, please forgive me, because this rotten woman that you gave me, <laughs> <laughs> she made me sin, and that's why I disobeyed you, and that's the fruit. That's an atom. We can't pull an atom off. We can't pull an Eve off. Remember Eve? Lord, please forgive me because the snake that you also put in this garden. Okay, we can't do that. We cannot say that. Lord, I just had no choice. That person provoked me. I had to strike back. I had to, I had to hate. We can't do that. Because these verses are telling us that the sin is coming from within us. It's within us. makes it very, very clear. And notice when it says so clearly there, you see that word all, that little word all, that little word all means all. Every single one of those evil things is coming from within us and they make us dirty. And you know what God said about his people, his Jewish people in uh, Isaiah 1, 4. Turn to that again, if you would, please. We've looked at it before. Isaiah 1, 4, speaking about his own people, the parent. Speaking about his child, children. He says in Isaiah 1:4, he says, Ah, oh, God says, sinful nation, that means full of sin. Full of sin nation. A people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corrupters. They have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Here God's saying, oh my people, you're not only just sinful, as like you're full of sin, you're carrying sin, and not just a little bit of sin, you are laden, you are heavy with it, you are thick with it, you are so sorely burdened down with this iniquity, and God says, when you should be going forward, you're going backward. And God calls them terrible. He says, this is something terrible. You're not just corrupted. He says the word, you are corruptors. Corruptors. That means you spread darkness. That means you are darkness, bringing it in. Remember he said, and I just want to write it down. In Matthew 23, he speaks to the scribes and the Pharisees, 23, 13. And he says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So here what he was saying was that the door for sin and uncleanness was open. And the leaders of the people not only, not only did not go in themselves, they blocked the way for others to go in as well. That's not just being in darkness, that's being darkness coming from within. We were darkness. We were darkness spreaders. We affected other people. Now, turn, if you would, please, to John 3, 19. The good news is there's hope after all this. Anyway, this is the way it is. All right, John 3, 19. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ is describing for us condemnation. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world, parallel with Genesis 1, let there be light. That light is come into the world, parallel with Genesis 1, the light came from God. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. We loved darkness. That was our delight. You know, last week, Cheryl was cleaning out some old drawers. I hate it when she cleans out old drawers, because she always runs across some old things. And some of these were old letters from my high school buddies. And and I read them, and I was just ashamed. And just all the references to stuff we did, the sin and everything, it just made me feel so horrible. And I just thanked God for the great rescue in my life from that sin. And and so a couple of weeks ago, again, Cheryl was cleaning. She cleans a lot. Anyway, she cleaned the refrigerator. And sometimes it goes, the refrigerator goes a little bit long time before it gets cleaned out. (laughs) Well, this time we knew it had to get cleaned because every time you open the door, it smelled worse inside than outside. So (laughs) it was a clue. (laughs) Something was wrong. So she started on this campaign of, you know where is that terrible smell coming from campaign you know and so i decided to assist her in this campaign by doing what else supervising (laughs) she just loves it when i play the supervisor role at home i I got a new iphone my iphone and uh my iphone here and get the little, little keyboard that comes up it has the dictation button on it have you ever seen that kind of nice you you speak into it she says she says that's not a dictation button that's tom's dictator button (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so (laughs) so there i was perched right behind her you know and i'd you know i'd i'd say oh the culprit is you know the yogurt gotta check the yogurt you know so I had yogurt. It uh, you know, just looks white. It's not white. Anyway, in the yogurt, you know, so she pops open the lid, and you know, the yogurt says, who, me? You know, I <laughs> said, not me. So anyway, it wasn't the yogurt. And finally, we got down to the bottom of the refrigerator in the meat drawer. That's a place of great darkness, the meat drawer. Gross darkness. And there at the bottom was this package of hamburger, you know, marked, used by December 12th, you know. <laughs> it's February 11th, you know. <laughs> And uh, we pick up the hamburger package and blood and all that
0: stuff. It was a very descriptive message today. And Tom, you also quoted from 1 Peter 2 9, which speaks of the light as a marvelous light. What makes light marvelous in that verse? Yes, that was where Peter
1: said in 1 Peter 2 9 that God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's a wonderful, wonderful picture there of God realizing that we're in darkness, and he calls us to come out of the darkness, not just to a light, any light, but what he describes as a marvelous light. And we can ask the question, what makes the light marvelous? Well, it's marvelous because we didn't expect it. The darkness that's being referred to here that he called us out of is the darkness of our own sin, the darkness of our own rebellion against God, the darkness of our, our, of our Frank Sinatra spirit of I did it my way, not God's way. That's what makes the theme song in hell, I did it my way, versus the theme song in heaven, which is I did it God's way. But it's the darkness to be about me, myself, and my way, and, and, and uh, headstrongness, and sin, and iniquity, and rebellion against God. That's all darkness. And God says, I'm calling out of the darkness. And it's marvelous because it's a beautiful light of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we see the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is, in his beauty, in his deity as God, For us who come from darkness... It's marvelous. What's that mean? It means it causes us to sit down and just be consumed with the marvel of it all. Oh, the marvel of it all. He's so clean. He's so pure. He's so good. He has such a heart of compassion for us. He has such the rescuer's heart. He has the fireman's heart that will rush into the building without any concern of his own safety in order to rescue the perishing that's him. And when we see this heart of his and the light of it all, we say, he is a marvelous light. See, it's not just it is a marvelous light. It's him as a marvelous light. That's why he said, I am the light of the world. So the light of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we worship him, we love him, and we marvel at his beauty And that's why he is the marvelous light. So when it says he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, it means he called us to the light of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because all we've known is darkness and the coldness and the terribleness of our own sin, and we come to the warmth of his love and the beauty of his holiness, and we say,
0: oh, he's a marvelous light. That's what the word marvelous means. That's a beautiful description of our Savior. You know, there are a lot of people, Tom, that think that going to hell happens because people aren't perfect. And they say that to send a person to hell because he isn't perfect or just isn't righteous enough is just not fair. What does the Bible say about why people go to hell? You know, that's very relevant. And I've also heard people say, well, I'm not perfect, so
1: if that means that I've got to go to hell because I'm not perfect, then I guess that's up to God. But uh, if that's the way God is, I'm not interested in God. You know, I've heard it too. And it's very, very relevant. And so that's why it's extremely important to understand why people go to hell. And the Lord Jesus Christ did not mince words on this. It's only three verses after the great love verse, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Three verses later, John three nineteen, he says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Oh, that verse is pregnant with meaning, and we've got to break it down piece by piece so that we don't miss a part. First of all, he said, this is condemnation. Now, if you want to take a piece of paper, you can write condemnation equals or condemnation is. He said, this is the condemnation. He says, the condemnation. This is the one singular condemnation that will send anyone and everyone to hell. Here it is. He says, light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Light is come into the world. When did light come into the world? Well, light came into the world the moment, the minute that that, um, Adam sinned. And when God came into the garden, Adam, where art thou? That was light coming into the world to seek Adam. When a person is born into this world and they look around at the creation, like in Africa, and they said, wow, such beautiful animals, how they're made, how they're provided for, how they eat, how they survive. When he sees that, he realized light has come into the world, light of creation from a great God. When he looks at how his own body is made, and he said, the creator made me, that's light that's come into his life because he understands the wonder of his creation. Light has come into the world supremely when God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, became a man and came into this world. Why? Why? to save the lost, not to destroy, but to save. Light came into the world. When a person is handed a Bible, that's light coming into his life. When a person goes to church and hears that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that's light coming into his world. Light comes into the world and men love darkness. And that's why they go to hell, because they said to God, no, we will not have this man to reign over us. And they said, we will love darkness rather than light. You know, there was a very, very descriptive time in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, actually toward his end, when Pilate stood there and he said to the Jewish people, you have a choice. Will you choose the Lord Jesus Christ? Or he said, will you choose Jesus? Or will you choose Barabbas, who was a murderer and it was a very bad person? That was a choice. And they chose Barabbas, the wrong choice. Every time a person sins against God, he is choosing Barabbas. Every time you and I sin, we choose Barabbas. That's bad. That's choosing darkness rather than light. If a man chooses the ultimate Choice, which is to reject the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I don't care, let him be crucified. I want my life of sin. That's choosing darkness. That's loving darkness rather than light. And that is a rejection of the light. And that's the condemnation that sends a person to hell. Not the fact that he's not perfect, not the fact that he's not righteous enough or is not like Mother Teresa. That's not what sends a person to hell. What sends a person to hell is their rejection of the light, the fact that light has come into the world. What makes hell more hell than another person? The fact that he has had more light that he has rejected, more darkness that he has loved, more darkness that he has chosen rather than light. That makes hell more hell for a person. But, because they're not perfect? No. God knows they're not perfect. This is the condemnation, he said in John three nineteen. This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. This radio program and others are light coming into the world. Opening the Bible and seeing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for you is light coming into the world. And when men say, no, no, We would rather have Barabbas. We love our darkness too much. We would rather have the darkness of sin and choose those evil deeds
0: than God says, that's the condemnation that sends to hell. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again tomorrow as Tom Cantor continues to teach us Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from the book of Genesis. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel? Would you like to have a gospel gift sent to them directly or anonymously? You can contact us directly by phone and we can help you to do that. Call us at 1 800 247 3051. 1 800 247 3051. We all know many Jewish people, whether they're a co worker, neighbor, friend, or an acquaintance, and we can reach them with the gospel. So let us help you to do that. Call us at 1 800 247 3051 and we can fulfill the command from the scriptures to go to the Jew first with the gospel. Would you like a copy of today's message? You can also call us at 1-800-247-3051 or visit our websites at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow at the same time.